This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Dogozo, we are now talking Indeed. probably one of the biggest stories of the decade. Two decades? Yeah. I don't understand. Bordering on two decades. Almost yeah. two decades yeah. now. I mean, former President uh, Zuma and that French company appearing before the High Court. What is it that we know today, or are we in for a surprise? All right. So here's what we know. What we know is that the trial is supposed to commence today. For all intents and purposes, the state is ready to bring forward its case against a former president, Jacob Zuma. They want to give him, give him an opportunity to respond to their claims, to respond to the claims that their, uh, their witnesses will be making. This is an opportunity for him to clear his name, right? Um, what we don't know is if the trial will actually commence today. And that largely has to do with the fact that just a month ago, well, just under a month ago, um, Zuma's legal representatives withdrew from the, the case. And there's been a lot of speculation as to the reason why. One of the claims that I came across was that they are withdrawing for ethical reasons. And oh. it, for ethical reasons. And uh, did they expand on that? No, no not yet. No. So the idea of, uh, of a lawyer withdrawing for ethical reasons has to do with the fact that, you know, as Zuma's legal representatives, we got to a point where we could no longer represent our client because there was, you know, misalignment in terms of how the client wants us to proceed and how we, as his representatives, feel that the matter should proceed. So... In situations like that, then you'll hear a lawyer say we are withdrawing on ethical reasons. We could not meet eye to eye on how we're going to move forward with our actual that, that's, arguments. That, that's quite interesting. So have <laughs> they withdrawn completely from the former president or there is a sense that uh, with the Zondo Commission matter that they've been handling on behalf of the former president, they'll still be involved? That much is still unclear, um, Lukona, and, and I'd hate to enter into yeah. the, the speculation fray, no, right? No, we don't do Isangoma business here, don't <laughs> exactly, worry. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but the other matter that we do know is that um, Zuma's attorneys, uh, Mabuza attorneys, are supposed to come forward and make an appearance before the Peter Maritzburg High Court this morning to explain why they decided to withdraw um, their their legal representation. And it's, it's quite a, a lengthy process in and of itself, right? Because you can't just 16 years into a matter decide that you are no longer interested in representing this client. And if it is for financial reasons, because as we know, per the last SCA ruling, Zuma no longer has state funding, for any of his legal mm. matters, if it is in fact a a financial reason, the court is likely to come down even harder on that particular issue because, you know, as a legal representative, you can't just decide because you no longer have the funds to impede a matter that has been this long-standing and this enduring. I mean, we haven't seen so many politicians at the court uh, in a while. It seems as if after the ANC in KZN took the strategic decision to actually support the former president against what the NEC had said previously, I think about two years ago now, um, we are back to pre-2007 where, you know, ANC heavyweights are seen right there behind the former president supporting him. Absolutely. And even the colors, you know, green, gold and black, we see them uh, certainly, uh, you know, displayed 
at the scenes outside the courthouse. It's interesting, political analyst Golani Dube says something along the lines of the ANC's also on trial. I was watching an interview of his uh, on Newsroom Africa. He said that it's not just Zuma that's on trial this morning. It is the ANC that is also on trial. And so it'll be interesting to see how people, um, you know, kind of, take that narrative if they if they believe that there's any fact or truth to it if it is in fact this politicization of this man and this party that we're seeing unfolding um before us well uh, interesting we will indeed keep our watchful eye there step aside they say but uh, support those who are charged at the same time quite contradictory and there was another story where we've got our reporters on is the vaccine rollout said to be the biggest vaccine rollout the country has ever had to embark on what do we know is it starting off uh, are there glitches i mean what are you hearing from <laughs> i mean the desk? i'm pretty sure our listeners would have heard in the 10 o'clock bulletin that there are in fact well there have been some glitches uh, reported at krisani Barak one of hospital in Soweto that is one of our major vaccination sites mm. in fact um, if there was to be a system error it should not have taken place there uh, based on the fact that there are a large number of senior citizens and healthcare workers that are still reporting to Chris Hani Barakwanath to receive their vaccination jabs. You would have heard in the clips that played in the bulletin, in fact, Okoko Omkulu saying, this vaccine, say, right? And so that's why we've woken up at these hours and, and, and tricked all the way here to stand in queues as well so that we can receive these jabs. And now you're telling us that the vaccines are not on site. There's been some sort of a mis communication between the district officials and the officials at Krasani Baragwanath Hospital. Obviously, um, as you would have heard from the CEO, attempts are being made to remedy the situation, but it's 10 o'clock. I mean, are we going to be ready at midday? Are we going to be ready at 3 p.m.? I mean, these are old people. Are Some old of people. them are in medication. Absolutely. They are in this. They need to be cared for. They won't be fed there and they might not have anything. But it seems as if this EVDS system is also part and system. parcel of the the voucher system. People have registered, haven't gotten a sense of, you know, where to go, what time to go, when are they scheduled to take this vaccine. And in some countries, they've actually ditched a similar system where they just feel it bureaucratizes the entire vaccination mm-hmm. program and slows down the pace. Unnecessarily so. And, you know, we've heard a lot of experts say that government would have learned these lessons from the Sisonke study, the Sisonke trial, where it also had its own sort of registration and EVD system glitches as well. Clearly they have not, because now we're seeing a repetition of that happening at a much larger scale because this is phase two of the inoculation program. It is much larger. It is nationwide. Um, and it involves a lot more officials, in fact. So what was supposed to speed up the vaccination process, in fact, looks like may be slowing it down. Finally, Dorozo, the mayor of the city of Johannesburg, seems that he'll be having his day with the Zondo Commission and then an evening session with Matsila Koko. I've lost count how many times he's appeared before the Deputy Chief Justice. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know. You know, so let's start with Jeffrey Makubo, right? So he made his first appearance last year, November last year. And I mean, some startling things came out of his uh, testimony there, particularly with regards to his personal company, his private company, Mulelwane, uh, its relationships with uh, regiment funds managers and how money was funneled uh, between the consulting company and his company. 
Um, and, you know, he had to answer a lot of questions with regards to that because when it comes to regiments, fund managers, their pecul- peculiar relationship with Joburg really, you know, kind of comes under the spotlight because that's largely when Jeff uh, Jeff Makubo became MMC for mm. Finance, right? So he would have been the overseer of many of these contracts, uh, one of which was awarded to regiments fund managers. So. He had to answer questions along those lines. Today, we expect him to answer questions along the lines of EOH Africa, the big tech company, and its donations being funneled to the ANC. The reason why Makubo finds himself in the center of that, again, is because he was treasurer of the the Greater Johannesburg region at the time. So, once again, he seems to be this middleman, conduit-type person and you know enjoys prominent uh, positions he's now the mayor executive mayor of Johannesburg having moved from just MMC for finance so he's a key player and so a lot of tough questions are going to be directed his way that he's going to have to answer for many of these these contracts some of which are dubious to and say uh, Matsila Koko, I suppose, will be continuing along his testimony to, you know, defend, uh, not defend, but at least to deny allegations that he has some kind of special relationship with Salim Essa and whether or not Salim Essa funded a lot of his kind of expensive lifestyle. Mm. So it's a bit of a lifestyle audit. I think more of that, at least, from Matsila Koko this evening. Okay. Thank you very much for joining Thank us on you. this week's diary. Uh, um, uh, Peter, SFX, please work on those effects. Thank you. Uh, please, we, we do need, we do. <laughs> We do, we do need to, you know, make sure that when she strolls out, there's a bit of a beat behind her step. Absolutely. <laughs> That's uh, Power News Desk Editor. People of Power, if you are in Gauteng, also what is coming up, a municipal by-elections on the 19th of May this year. It, is, it will be on Wednesday this week. If you are in Ekuruleni Municipality, Wards 43 and 63 are up for determination by way of a by-election, so go out and vote if you are in the city of Johannesburg and reside in the following wards uh, 7, 17, 18, 23. Please do go out and vote on Wednesday. And in the city of Tswane, the following wards are up for contestation wards 3, 9, 24, 26, 30, 44. 58, 88, 92. That's a total of 15 words that are being uh, contested here in Gauteng. We turn our attention now soon to the Deputy Director General for Middle East and Asia uh, at, at the Department of International Relations and, Corpora- and Corporation, Ambassador Anil Suglal. 9 a.m. to noon. This is Power Talk on Power 98.7. Indeed, with myself, Lukodam Guni, we go to Ambassador Anil Suklal. Good morning and welcome to Power Talk. Good morning, good morning. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for making the time. We just want to understand what is our government's standpoint currently on what on the scenes playing out in Palestine and, I mean, the live uh, harrowing visuals we have seen uh, in Gaza with even media houses being bombed. Yeah, it's very unfortunate, the continuing uh, situation in Gaza. The government of South Africa has issued two very strong statements condemning the actions, especially of the Israeli Defense Force. The undue use of such massive force against civilians, innocent civilians, uh, women and children. You have seen over 200 killed in the past 
six or seven days. A number of them have been children. And the South African government is calling on the international community, especially the United Nations Security Council, to implement more decisive action in the de-escalation of the situation in Gaza and to urge the Israeli Defense Force to stop the continuous uh, air bombardment of Israeli citizens. You are seeing not only the loss of innocent lives, you are seeing the wanton destruction of uh, infrastructure, of homes, of building, including the uh, Associate Press headquarters, which is totally unacceptable in this day and age of civilization. What diplomatic channels have we triggered, if any, Ambassador, in so far as registering South Africa's very strong con- uh, condemnation of these acts? Have we, by any chance, uh, summoned the ambassador uh, for Israel to South Africa? We have spoken to the Israeli embassy. Yeah, we have, as you know, we have not replaced our ambassador at our mission in Israel precisely because of the intransigence of the current Israeli regime. And we indicated that until such time, there is some semblance of uh, determination on the part of the current Israeli government to enter into peaceful negotiations without preconditions, looking at a two-state solution and ensuring an independent, sovereign Palestinian state, we will not replace our ambassador in Israel. And that's one of the most decisive actions taken by any country internationally. It seems as if, though, some people are suggesting we are not acting firmly enough, particularly because the South African government has declared itself a friend of the people of Palestine. Uh, Should we be considering setting trade restrictions with Israel at this point in time? Our trade with Israel is minimal. We have had no high-level interaction. No cabinet minister has visited Israel for almost the past 10 years. And that's a conscious decision that the government of South Africa has taken to restrict interaction with the Israeli government until such time the Israeli government shows sincerity in wanting to resolve the conflict. We have a history of apartheid in this country and what is playing out there is actually no different to us and part of the movement against apartheid was <coughs> sanctions, boycotts and disinvestment. Um, is the South African government in support of these and what are the steps to be taken? The South African government is looking at all options in terms of further pressurizing the Israeli regime. We are speaking to our international partners. We expect much more from the global powers, especially Washington. Uh, President Biden did indicate that uh, during his tenure, the USA will be a partner for progress, peace and stability. And this is an opportunity to demonstrate uh, the leadership of the Biden government. The United Nations Security Council must do much more. According to the United Nations uh, Charter, Chapter 7, it is the preeminent body to ensure global peace and security. And we are calling upon the members of the United Nations Security Council, especially the permanent five members, to show more decisive action to bring the Israeli government to book and stop this wanton violence and destruction and killings. We saw that uh, United Nations Security Council first meeting convening yesterday. Uh, What is the message that uh, South Africa has sent to its UN ambassador in the deliberations uh, just around the Security Council? Of course, uh, even though we may not be part of the 15 currently in this term, uh, certainly no doubt uh, all the ambassadors within the UN do have a level of interaction. Our ambassador, Ambassador Joini, is interacting with all the 
15 members of the Security Council and strongly urging decisive action and calling upon our partners to ensure that there is decisive action from the Security Council. The Security Council has the power to bring this uh, crisis to an end and get the parties back to the negotiating table. There's no other option. Our own situation, as you rightfully pointed out, what is going on in Gaza and in Palestine is a a sore reminder of the pain we experienced as a result of apartheid. And you are seeing apartheid kind of actions and policies being perpetrated by the current Israeli government on the harmless Palestinian people. Ambassador, lastly, before I let you go, South Africa is no stranger in playing in the international relations space, evident in what we are doing in the WTO with the TRIPS waiver and so on. Are we going to see South Africa perhaps, you know, registering some complaint with the International Criminal Court or we are still, uh, you know, restricted by our own hesitancy whether we were leaving that court or not? We are watching closely calls for action by the ICC. South Africa will attach itself to any United Nations actions to bring the perpetrators of this wanton violence to book. And South Africa is a key player on the international scene. We are monitoring the situation on a daily, hourly basis. And Minister Pando is due to speak to her counterpart, the Foreign Minister of Palestine, uh, over the next day or so to see what more we can do uh, to assist the Palestinian cause. What can the people of South Africa do to assist that cause? South Africa, especially civil society and all structures uh, of South African society, must keep up the international pressure and must voice our anger and discontent uh, and displeasure at what is going on in Palestine and seek justice for the people of Palestine. Ambassador Suglal, thank you so much for making the time for us here on Power Talk this morning. Thank you. That is Deputy Director General for Middle East and Asia at the Department of International Relations and Cooperation. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.